0: You're yeah, listening to a Holyfield, Holyfield podcast. podcast. Okay, hello, and we are back. Um, I think the last podcast episode we released came out at the beginning of December. It is now the end of December. and we Happy Boxing to- Day. Happy Boxing Day, yeah. We're recording this after the Boxing Day games. And uh, let's say where we've been, first and foremost. I think we recorded that podcast, and then it was basically full noses into final study, Finals week, yeah. Uh, you... Had graduation. Yeah, graduated from college. He is now oh. employed at a place that we will not name so you don't get doxed by our crazy fan base. Right, exactly. Uh. They're going to
1: hunt me down in the city that I haven't told people that I live in yet, even though yeah. I announced it to our whole radio audience. That's true. He did say <laughs> it on our, on I guess, our radio station now. I can say yeah, that. Yeah, you, you can say that.
0: Um, yeah, but so we were just kind of caught up in all that, and once we're home and not living 100 feet from each other, it's a little harder to organize this stuff. And so, but we are here. Yeah, we're, we're, here. we're sorry, but we're here. Yes. Um, let's jump in. Having just watched the Boxing Day games, those are fresh in our minds. But um, I, w- I wanted to start with the rumors linking Pochettino to the Manchester United job. Come next year, obviously, they're kind of set with what they've got for right now, which would, according to other rumors, promote eddie howe to the spurs job leaving me rudderless in a wave of despair
1: alone waiting to die um no offense to eddie howe but i would also be yeah and and, in despair
0: yeah and, and that's understandable i mean it's worth mentioning that in his one other stint as a manager outside of bournemouth with burnley howe was pretty pathetic um i think his knowledge of the team in bournemouth and kind of the the sway that he holds in that club helps him a lot, and he doesn't. He just doesn't have that cachet elsewhere. And right. Bournemouth notably spent more money this summer than Spurs, um, so you can take that for what you will. But I, I don't know. I, it feels hasty to say I don't see either of them leaving. But th- you know, crazier things have happened, and while wow. Spurs look very good right now with Poch, just. Fresh off a five zero stomping
1: of the uh, aforementioned Bournemouth the team, the Cherries. Yes, <sighs> I mean, yeah, I, I, I think that you can't. I don't know. People keep telling me, or not. People keep telling me, but I keep reading about how he's going to leave, and and that's Pochettino. This is, mm-hmm. and so um, I don't know. You kind of start to buy into it a little bit. I think it's kind of just wishful thinking. that I am like, you will not like. He's mm-hmm. taught him, you know, but um. I mean, when it comes down to it, that's, like, Manchester United is kind of the, in in a weird way, we don't really see it as that, but it's still kind of the pinnacle of of it's, jobs that yeah. you can have in the Premier League. And just because they've been so bad lately, like, people are like, well, they, they, but, like, mm-hmm. still, that is, like, a job that I don't blame him for kind of aspiring to. Yeah. However, my whole thing would be that you kind of have to realize that Spurs are in a position that they have been in before, and you kind of got to hope that they can finally get it right this time and they can turn it around. But um, like, like I said, Spurs have been in second before. They've been like putting pressure on the title. They always do this. But I don't know. If, if it just feels a little different because it feels like this is kind of like their not last chance, but like LA, I've got a lot of players with Alderweireld, most notably, who have yet to sign long-term contracts. So you're kind of in like a leeway there and so if you can make something happen it it almost would be worse because then he would just be like all right here we go i've done this now mm-hmm. i can leave and so i have no idea he probably will leave i'll probably be sad but
0: who knows <laughs> which would change nothing yeah you know, would, yeah
1: what's new us being sad um yeah for
0: my part i think how has obviously been a phenomenal manager for bournemouth in the in the time since he's gotten them promoted and even before their promotion to the premier league um but part of me especially with the way that bournemouth has struggled wonders if he wouldn't consider moving on i mean this is a club that while it was a pleasant surprise at the beginning of the year the flaws and the holes in that roster are really starting to show um and that's not to say that the loss to spurs is entirely down to bournemouth's roster construction i mean we'll get into this right after but the spurs Lately, are a, just a different breed. I mean, they're like di- they're dissecting teams methodically, and there's a level of
1: control
0: and Like a serial killer. Like, yeah, they're dissecting animals. Congratulations on rooting for a serial killer.
1: A bunch of them, but yeah, <laughs> like you're you're right. Yeah, uh, they've they've turned a corner. You'd hope.
0: Yeah, so I I would defer to you here. What do you think is kind of the defining shift that's that's led to these back to back just Blowout explosion victories against Everton and Bournemouth.
1: I think it's a lot of, um it's kind of a. The pressure has been taken off a little bit. They they qualified for the Champions League. I think that was a lot of the thing. Is mm-hmm. you kind of go into midweeks and when you when you like, play poorly against PSV or Barcelona or all that, that kind of like sucks a lot of the, the um momentum and your and your kind of, not will to compete, but like your your energy and mm-hmm. it, like like you said, if you're coming off like a 4-2 thwacking by Barcelona, then you're kind of just like, well, whatever. And then uh, also, this this can be said for a couple of other teams, but Spurs had a very large World Cup hangover. They just had more players involved than anyone else mm. in the Premier League. And so that was certainly – and a lot of them was, of course, their their stars um, with, like, Kane, Ali, Eriksen mm-hmm. all playing um, and going to the round of 16. And so – that was another thing that I don't think that they really recovered from was just the fact that the World cup of course took so much energy out of them. But then I think again, it's, it's finally, like I said, like a pressure's being taken off. They're, they're kind of free to play. They're in the round of 16. They don't have to think about the Champions League until February. This is just kind of now to focus on the league and everything like that. And they're, they're getting some younger players in there, but I think that it's just, they're finally all playing together and they're all kind of peaking at the right time. So mm-hmm. that really came through against Everton when they scored six goals mm-hmm. and, that's the first time that Kane, Alley, Son, and Erickson, um have each scored a goal in a game before, and so that was just Everton were kind of just in the wrong place at the wrong time because that was that was really them truly yeah. coming together. Yeah, and
0: and we weren't watching the game together, but we just kept kind of like shooting texts to each other like, "Wow, they just they're not taking their foot off the gas. This could be yeah. like a ten goal game if they wanted it to be, and they were really pressing for it." But it ended up being 6-2, Yeah, 6-2. Right? Which is, ugh, I mean, just emphatic defeat for uh, for Everton. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they they just look really, really good. And they, it's not that they've been playing, like, top-flight opponents, you know. But it's almost like, you know, combined with this Champions League kind of getting the weight off your shoulders, that win at Chelsea yeah. was really big for them, I think, mm-hmm. in that, like, they're – they were looked at as kind of an outsider for this two, maybe three-horse race when Chelsea was hot. And then they beat Chelsea, and they were like, we belong here. You
1: know, every part of us is worthy of competing right. at echelon of teams. And I would kind of also draw it back to losing to Arsenal 4-2 in the league, because they, they were, like, thoroughly dominated. Mm. They were lucky to be winning 2-1 when they were, and the 4-2 scoreline pr- pretty much kind of sums that up. And so they were, again, that was, that was pretty big domination. But like you said... They came back out, and so then they kind of got their revenge against Arsenal like a week ago uh, in the Carabao Cup. And so that was kind of, all right, we've settled that score, and then they played Burnley close, and that was a winner in stoppage time, and they, they always have those games against bad teams. But, yeah, this coming-out party kind of against Everton and now your unlucky cherries is mm-hmm. uh, happy for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm thrilled.
0: While we're on the subject of teams that have turned the corner, the Mourinho firing and the replacement with, I'm going to butcher this, but Solskjaer, we should have looked it up, Ole Gunnar, Solskjaer, whatever it is, we don't speak the language, Um, United has been, and again, this isn't a team that's played mostly top flight Competition, but they look really good. Yeah, um, two Pogba goals today. One from outside the box that was a beauty. Both just nice curves that you would never see under Mourinho. You know him getting that plugged in and involved in the offense and visibly enjoying himself. Right,
1: that that's the biggest thing is mm-hmm. watching him go into the Cardiff game before he had even played under the new manager. Like he's smiling and mm-hmm. again, that's that's it. Like. Very rarely do you see such a reaction to a new manager. And it's it's probably not exactly like, oh, man, I'm excited Ole here. It's, man, I'm excited Jose exactly. is not. Exactly, right. Though I, I've got to say, I think Ole is bringing in a good spirit here and mm-hmm. capitalizing on the talent that these players have just in the ways that they weren't being utilized before. And so, like you said, I feel like United kind of made this move at a time where they knew that their next two opponents were going to be opponents that they could get wins against because mm-hmm. I feel like that's very very important for a new manager. Oh yeah. And so it's Cardiff and Huddersfield, two of the bottom four, and so, but nonetheless, like those were emphatic five one three one wins, and so, yeah, that's they're going to be. It's going to be, be interesting
0: to watch, yeah, because I think initially with the Mourinho firing, when they had this Champions League draw on the horizon, I was kind of like. I don't know about that. You know, maybe you ride Mourinho. He's got Champions League experience. You ride him through, whether or not you lose to PSG. That doesn't really give you an answer right. to fire or to retain Mourinho. But I, I don't know. It'll be really interesting to see how they play against a team like PSG, which obviously is a world class side. Yeah.
1: With um, new energy, though, not yeah, PSG right. of course, but United. Yeah.
0: yeah. United, how they approach that game, and yeah, I think most people have them pegged to get. Blasted, and I'm not sure I'm against that right. <laughs> against that take right. just yet. But it'll, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how a team reacts to adversity under this manager because they've
1: kind of had a, a very nice honeymoon phase. Certainly, but yeah, I think that I was watching an interesting segment on NBC Sports talking about um, like are the players to blame if they suddenly have a sort of renaissance under Ole Gunnar Solskjar and we'll like go with that yeah we'll go with that <laughs> um and if like they suddenly break off like 10 straight wins like is it the player's fault and it's it's kind of an interesting question mm-hmm. because on the surface you'd say well what's different and it's the manager so a lot of it kind of goes to that but <laughs> and i'm still kind of on the on the train of the fact that it is the manager just because I think the main argument for it not being the player's fault is, well, the manager, like, they set him up in a way, and they're not wanting to play for the manager. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, that's your job. Like, you have to play for the manager, and if totally. you don't like it, like, you may not be getting the best out of you, but, like, Pogba was just god-awful with Mourinho, mm-hmm. and then now you see him score two goals, and again, that's a lot of confidence, but I don't know, what do you think? Are the, Should a lot of that fall on the players, too?
0: i think you know at the end of the day the players are the end product and they're they're the ones the manager can't go out there and kick a football for them um but there is like there's something to be said for putting players in positions to succeed with the way that you game plan Mm -hmm. and soccer isn't football you're not constantly calling plays but there is a certain structure and a way that the man manager i mean people People listening to this know this. You know, there's there's ways the managers influence the game that directly impacts how players can influence the game. And yeah. I think that Mourinho obviously wasn't putting Pogba in positions to succeed, constantly condemning him and removing his vice captaincy and all, the, all of this stuff. Yeah. Um, and just sort of demeaning him off the field. But part of me wonders how much of Pogba playing poorly was just I know they're not going to, you know, move on from me. They This might just be a way to move on from Mourinho.
1: Right, that too.
0: Because he's, I mean, from what we've seen so far in his social media presen- presence, under and post-Mourinho, he's a petty guy, yeah. and he's not afraid to do stuff like that. I don't know if he'd go to that extreme. I'm, I'm totally hypothesizing, but...
1: That is an interesting take, yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, I, part of me does... I can't help but wonder about it. Well, elsewhere in Manchester... Trouble in paradise. Yeah, things not going so the well. Citizens struggling. Yeah. Um, tax hikes. Tax, tax hikes, yeah. The, uh, I don't have a Yeah, we joke. don't even need to go down that road. <laughs> but, yeah, but, Manchester
1: uh, City. Not good. Yikes.
0: Being Three exposed losses a in bit. their past four Premier League games. Uh, only one was
1: like a quality loss, I guess you could say. 2 0 to Chelsea. Um, and that kind of, and I remember after that game, um it was kind of like okay like whoa that was not that i didn't see that coming because if anyone like like again away to chelsea that's Mm -hmm. that's not something where you're like oh god like what what went wrong (laughs) but still city you kind of expect to win those games and so Mm -hmm. there were some things revealed in that game um but then yeah just the the two back-to-back losses and, and quick success and Succession. I mean, three-two. <laughs> so scar is just like messed the, yeah, up. exactly. We're speaking Norwegian now. Um, but then three-two at home against Crystal Palace. Um, a game that they got a they got a goal back at the end too. It wasn't even that. And I mean, we kind of had to talk about andrews Townsend's goal. Oh my gosh! I mean, just a but. I would say. Top three goals scored in the Prem this year. Yeah, I mean it's just it was gorgeous. The sweetest strike you'll ever see, and so that that kind of plays a part. But losing that game and then coming out today Boxing Day away at Leicester, who had just beaten Chelsea away, so they are kind of on the up and up. Club yeah. Puel was getting some pressure, and he's kind of delivered. But losing two one away at Leicester, and so and and having the lead in both games and and kind I of mean, losing, yeah, collapsing. So what what do you think the problem is?
0: I legitimately. I, I don't know. I mean, we we didn't watch the whole Leicester City game. Uh, we caught bits of it, but I don't know if it's just playing down to their competition, and it's or if people are starting to kind of figure out Pep's shtick. I don't know that Pep has a shtick really, mm-hmm. but I, it's hard for me to say. Really, I I look at a team like that, and
1: I don't have like an easy answer. Yeah, it's a lot of – I don't know. The, the thing about Pep, like you said about his shtick, um, but like his thing is, is kind of – like most managers, but you have to – he pushes you to the limit pretty much. And um, he's not going to like Maryland football you, but he's going to like get you going, and he's going to try and get the best out of you by making sure that you can work as hard as you can to practice. And I'm not necessarily saying that that's – that they're not working hard in practice. I'm just saying that a lot of these these past two games, like Palace in particular, they just they looked off. Like Again, they scored first, and that brings a lot of comfort to a team like that. Um, they kind of remind me of Spain, but a more attacking version of Spain, where Spain would get a goal and then you'd be like, well, that's game over because they're going to lull you to sleep with their passing. And City will get a goal and they'll kind of do that, but their passing will usually end up in a goal, and that kind of just turns it into 3-4, and, and there were earlier in this year when they were beating Southampton 6-1, they were just d- demolishing teams, and you kind of thought, well, whew. I mean, I'm pretty sure we said on here that City were going to absolutely destroy the rest of the mm-hmm. league, but now there seems to be that lack, and, and again, they scored a goal today, and then Mark Albright for Leicester immediately got one back probably six minutes later, I think, and then a late goal to, to win it for Leicester. And so there's there's that lack of of kind of building off what they've laid and and I don't know again if it's just them falling asleep or, or thinking that the game's done, but that that's not going to get it done.
0: Yeah, and and worth noting that through the season and this is post Leicester so these stats might have been a little swung, but um, City's expected goals has been around 2.56 and today in the Leicester game, we'll use that for an example. It was one point three nine. So I mean, they're just not putting themselves in in scoring positions. And I, I don't know. I mean, they had some some great goals against Crystal Palace. The, yeah. the De Bruyne cross. Yeah. If That probably wasn't intended to be a goal, but it right. was. And I don't know if it's if it's working everybody into the scheme together. i having De Bruyne back poses some issues I guess for how you construct the team with Maras you want to get him involved and Sané obviously deserves more of a role and I, I think part of it could just be trying to juggle the roles of world-class players who all want to crack
1: right yeah and that's something that Pep has to immediately figure out because they're in third place now and so that's um yikes yeah it's just something <laughs> that I don't think anyone certainly but neither of us saw this coming and so um well, they're going to have more and more games built into this time frame. I mean, that's the good thing about these festive fixtures, as they say. Just, again, you're going to have so many chances. I mean, they play again, what is it, Saturday? Or no, they play Sunday mm-hmm. um, away at Southampton, who are a team that's really on the up and up. So things will not get easier. And so, um, but one team kind of on the beneficiary of all this has been Liverpool, who yeah. just have widen the gap i mean it's six points first and second i mean spurs are in second now but like that's liverpool is not showing any weakness they just keep plugging along which is very impressive
0: yeah um the the kind of the race has shifted a little bit i guess and i think and and i won't say that six points is a gigantic gap but it's it's significant and it Mm -hmm. deserves mentioning and credit to liverpool and credit to Allison who's been awesome and I don't know what the clean sheet record is for the Prem but he could be chasing that. Right. Um Liverpool's just a different they're a different animal and they've retained the offense that made them terrifying to play against while incorporating a revised midfield, a revised backline, you know, a full season of Van Dijk has been terrific for them and it's they're they just look totally different. They aren't this pure fire flamethrower kind of team there they have real substance to them and teams are going to have to start figuring that out if they want to keep pace
1: yeah because like you said at six points isn't the biggest but it's something that like if they don't if teams don't start like you said pegging them back mm-hmm. soon then it's going to be 18 before we know it
0: right you're asking liverpool to lose twice for for a team to catch up to them on a perfect two-week
1: stretch right. so and, and just the, the look ahead this weekend, they play Arsenal, and then, of course, January 3rd, they play away at Man City, so Which will be, yeah, this is going to be, yeah, this is certainly going to be a very, um, I don't know, informative next yeah. couple of weeks, oh, because we'll see if City still have it in them, and then, um, again, Liverpool have two of the big boys coming up, and then uh, a stretch of some easier games, so... Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Like you said, though, Liverpool are are really putting something together that they have not had in seasons before. Mm -hmm. And of course, they, the last, I think it was the last four or five um, teams to be leading at Christmas ended up winning the the league. And the last team that didn't do that was Liverpool in 2012-2013. We all remember how that happened. Losing to Crystal Palace, when 3-0 up, and it was just um, the colossal Liverpool failure. And so, um, this team isn't really showing any of that yet, yeah. if at all. I mean, they're they're um like you said, been s- extremely solid at the back, and so this is different than any Liverpool that we've seen. Mm-hmm. And so maybe they'll finally get their hands in the Premier League trophy. Who knows? We're halfway through the season, and they're yeah. six points ahead. Maybe so. they'll they'll have some history by the end of this year, right? Can say. Exactly. Um.
0: All right, we'll move forward to the Champions League a little bit. I feel like that deserves mentioning. Uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier. The, the uh, knockout stage is all set. Your Tottenham Hotspur will take on Borussia Dortmund. Yes. Uh, we talked again. United play PSG. Um, Liverpool play Bayern. Liverpool play Bayern. And then City play... Schalke. Schalke. Mm. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> right. So they basically have a cupcake game. We'll see if they yeah if they keep playing like we'll they see. do. Um, how are you
1: feeling about the Spurs draw? I that is probably the, I would have preferred Porto, but um <laughs> I, yeah as would most. I'm that's sure. something that I don't know Dortmund. It's it's hard for me not to think back to what happened last year where. I mean we were in the same group as them and Real and Spurs made it out and, and Dortmund did not, and where they were kind of uh. Not a cup game game by any means, but like, I think we drew with them away and then we beat them at home and so i kind of have that good feeling so i got that like rare like positivity going into this but i know that this Dortmund team is much much different than last year's tuchel was the manager last year right
0: um i don't know if i butchered that pronunciation but um and now he's psg's manager right which will be interesting but yeah
1: but but like this this team this year for Dortmund is again they're Flying at the top of the Bundesliga. They're nine points ahead, I believe. Jeez. And so, um they're just yeah, they're they're a completely different animal. Paco Alcacer, um, Pulisic of course, and then Jaden Sancho. I mean that's gonna be a lot to deal with at the back. And so uh hopefully we can do it. I don't know. We've got <laughs> we got a long stretch out. I know Sun is gonna be out for the back half of January, so hopefully they don't kill him over there. And then um he can come back because he loves a good goal against Dortmund so um I think he scored eight in his past nine games against them really yeah because he Could used to play for believe. Leverkusen so he was in the Bundesliga and so uh, yeah we, we're we gonna need him back Perfect. healthy healthy South Korea Health, healthy please, please. Yeah. um and so yeah I, I, I'm feeling better about it than I would have had we drawn Juventus or Byron or anything mm-hmm. like that even though Byron's kind of having it down yeah Byron's Bayern. shakier than, than Dortmund probably. right arguably
0: um yeah liverpool it'll be pretty i, I imagine they won't struggle with byron very much um I, yeah they seem perfectly equipped to take on a team like that which has a lot of dinosaurs um they, they do They really do. <laughs> they're, yeah they're just old and there's a good chance liverpool just runs them out of the runs them out of the stadium um i mean of course i guess champions league experience is valuable but that would go f- also for a lot of the people in this Liverpool squad. So yeah, I don't I don't anticipate that I'm having a lot of trouble. Like I said earlier, Schalke City.
1: Exactly. I just If City do have trouble with that, then something is really wrong in Paradise. Schalke have been horrible in the right. Bundesliga this year. Um
0: and then United PSG, we said it earlier, kind of expect them to get smoked, but if Solskjaer can uh, pull something out Right, light the loins on fire. Right, I mean it. Them, them winning a single game against PSG would be like, I would say, bring back Ole Gunnar. Mm-hmm. But, please, please, yeah, please, yeah, <laughs> for yeah. all of ours, for both of our sakes. I don't want to lose. How he doesn't want to lose Pochettino. So Molda, please just let, just let <laughs> him move on. Just, um. All right, and then
1: yeah. we're, it's gonna be sad without the Champions League for like a month. Yeah, and a half. right.
0: I mean, um we we'll actually get into that because you will be back from Australia. Yes. By then, long before then, really long before then. Um and that's a great this is a great time I guess to talk about the future of the podcast. Of the podcast. Yeah. So yeah, with Connor graduated, um I'm going to be looking a lot more to outsource some guests, um and I'll be bringing on some people from Holyfield to talk. Those will have to be phone calls because I just don't live by any people that work for Holyfield. Um so the audio hopefully will not suffer they all have mics and they'll record their audio and i won't give you the whole technical rundown but the end product hopefully does not suffer um connor will be coming back occasionally we'll have to set aside a half an hour when he's when he's visiting um yeah to get a nice recording in
1: you Um, won't yeah you won't hear from me when i'm in australia yeah Uh, we'll be back the last i'll be back in mid-january so if you're still here we can yep kind of go over it but then Hopefully it'll be incorporated to some degree. We got to get Ryan Mizzoula on the. Uh, on yeah, the yeah, we've Man got a United we've fan. got a
0: Man United fan uh, on the Drake campus that I think would love to give some thoughts about his team's turnaround. Um, yeah, we should have him on sooner rather than later, honestly, before yeah. they collapse. Before they collapse. right. <laughs> um, so yeah, that'll it'll be a little different. It'll be some new voices and hopefully some new content, some new cool stuff that you guys all enjoy, but for the time being hopefully hopefully the consistency stays the same or improves and does not worsen i can't imagine really that the consistency worsens but seeing as how we have been we went basically a month without recording (laughs) but uh yeah so this is is, i think what's the saying it's not the it's not goodbye it's just see you later wow that's what you're going for yes play the yeah play the paul walker music
1: (laughs) It's Uh, been a long...
0: Yeah, or we can just cover the Paul Walker music for copyright stuff. All right, but yeah, so that's it. Uh, Hopefully, we'll have something out within the next few weeks, I guess. I'll I'll try and find a guest host. In the meantime, while our friend is off down under... Down under. uh, ...enjoying Australian life. Yeah, if we have any listeners in Australia... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Connor's going to be doing meetups in Melbourne... (laughs) um S- and Sydney the and middle of the outback yeah the middle of the outback bring i'll set your, up a little stand yes yeah, bring your best tiger snake yeah, was, and uh fedora right i actually had a
1: horrible dream um <laughs> oh so, now we're really spiraling <laughs> well we're not spiraling but like so last christmas eve i slept fine but then like i slept for pretty much all of christmas day because a nap turned into like a slumber yeah. and so i literally slept from like probably 11 a.m till 4 p.m good grief maybe 5 p.m <laughs> But I had a dream that this, uh, we uh, it, basically there was a giant spider when I was in Australia, Oh. and it was how big is giant me? It was probably you, know, you. Obviously, can't see my hands, but probably. Zerdon like, shikari size, or that's probably like Peter Crouch size, probably ten inches, okay, ten inches so in width. No, a little bigger like, than Zerdon <laughs> shikari. Yeah, a little bit bigger. But uh, yeah, that was a, that was a horrible dream, and I um hope that doesn't happen because I'd like to yeah. keep these limbs, though I, yeah, though spidery limbs, right. Spidery limbs. (laughs) All right. Well, that'll that'll do it. We'll see you when we see you. Goodbye. It's me, spider limbs. Goodbye.